Uh, and so my text this morning is in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And here we get a great example of Paul and, and some of the encouragement he has to help us to know to continue on. Now, before I read the text, I want to just talk a little bit about the context. It really helps us to, to build what's going on in this chapter. Uh, and we see the culmination of it in the, the text, which would be uh, verses 12 through verses 14. But in the context of Philippians chapter 3, we have the Apostle Paul warning the Philippians against Judaizers. He says in the beginning, um, in verse 2, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the uh, concision. Um, so he's, he's giving them a warning uh, that there's those around you that, that are going to try to trip you up. Uh, you need to be careful about them. Um, and he says uh, also in verse 3, um, and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Uh, uh, go back at the beginning. Uh, for, we are the circumci- uh, for we are the circumcision, verse 3, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, the Judaizers were trying to add works to Christianity, saying that you couldn't be a follower of Christ unless you did all the Jewish things as well. And so the, the things of the flesh were the, the other things that they wanted to add on to uh, being a Christian. Um, and so uh, Paul says that that's not what we do, um, is that we are the circumcision, the true circumcision, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, in the things that I might do. Uh, my life verse is Galatians 6.14. But God forbid that, that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Uh, that, that we shouldn't place confidence in, in the things necessarily that we do, uh, but what, what God has done for us as well. And, and so as Paul is continuing in this chapter, uh, he gives us his spiritual biography of what happened to him in the past, some, some things that, that he could really boast about in the flesh, but that he didn't concern him in that respect. Um, if you look at verse 5, it says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. This is before he found Christ. Of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, uh, as touching the law of Pharisee. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, uh, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So that's his spiritual biography without Christ or before Christ. And he had much more to boast in uh, than these Judaizers. You know, they tried to boast in the fact, okay, we need to get uh, circumcised in order to be uh, considered a Christian. Paul said, I got so much more than that that I could boast in. But he says in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, uh, all these works, all these things that, that he had done in the past before Christ, really trying to earn his way into heaven, said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. I counted loss for Christ. You, you think about all the effort that the Apostle Paul put into doing all those things. Uh, the Pharisees, if you ever read and study the, the work that the Pharisees have to do to actually be a Pharisee, it's incredible. Um, and there's a lot of effort that went into it. And so we may just read over that and say, well, that's, that's, that's nice. But, but he's saying, everything I did up until this point in my life when I found Christ, I count loss. Uh, it's rubbish. It's, it's no good. It's, it's not going to help anything. Um, and he says, uh, but I count loss for Christ. 
Uh, it's so much better to have Christ. In verse 8, he says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and do count them but done, uh, that I might win Christ. Um, what an incredible testimony of what the Apostle Paul did. Christ Jesus was his prize. He had his eyes fixed on that prize, and, and he would go through whatever, even to the point of just forsaking everything he did in the past, to focus on that one prize of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of Jesus Christ was shed on Calvary. Uh, that's the only thing that can wash away our sins. It's not the works that we do. Uh, it's not how good we are, but what Christ has done for us. And, and by faith, we can receive the, the free gift of God and receive the salvation that God has for us. And what was greater than all his fleshly accomplishments was to know Christ. He says in verse 10 of chapter 3 of Philippians, he says, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Uh, what's interesting is that word know, that I might know him. Uh, you Greek students might recognize the term gnosko. Uh, gnosko means to know, but in this passage, what the stress is on is not just a head knowledge. Paul just doesn't want to know Christ just from the standpoint that he knows about Christ. Uh, he wants to really experience Christ, experience all that Christ is for him. It's knowing by experience. Um, and because of this, Paul replaced all the effort he exerted to earn his salvation, now have a passion to better know and experience all that Christ is for him and all that Christ could do in his life. And that leads us to our text. Uh, look at verse 12. He says, not as though I had already obtained. So again, the focus is on knowing Christ. He's saying, I, I haven't obtained it. It's something that's still out there. It's still I'm, I'm working towards, but I haven't yet obtained it. It says, not um, as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. You notice what he says. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you so much for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll use me, speak through me, help me, Lord, to be able to communicate uh, the truth of this uh, amazing passage, Lord, uh, as we see the example of your faithful servant, Paul. Help us, Lord, to learn from his life and his experience and, and the words that you have given us in your scripture. Help us, Lord, to do all that we can that we might uh, praise you and glorify you and, and that we might win Christ in life. Uh, Lord, we do love you. We do thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, one thing that you notice in this passage right here is the Apostle Paul uses a lot of imagery uh, from uh, a runner running a race. You know, he's, he's pressing on. He's, he's reaching forward. And I would imagine the Apostle Paul probably was a, a, a very avid uh, sports fan. Um, he would probably watch things. He'd go down to Corinth and watch some of the uh, games around that area and uh, different places. Uh, he, he had that knowledge. He had that example that he used quite often. And we see that really through Scripture. In Acts chapter 24, he talks about finishing his course. 
you know, running a race and uh, not necessarily just a 100-yard sprint, uh, but a, a long marathon that he went and finished his course from that. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 9, verse 16, uh, talks about the idea of running, you know, and recognizing how, how much the Christian life parallels uh, what we would do as far as running in a race. Uh, the idea of running and striving and winning, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, is really a picture where, where Paul is using to, to do the comparison between uh, this sporting event and what's going on in his life. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race all run, but one receiveth the prize. Now, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so I fight not as one beating the air, but I keep my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means that I have preached to others that I myself should be a castaway. Uh, you can kind of see the, the examples that Paul is using and how, uh, how vivid they are uh, to those of us who are trying to live the Christian life. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he talks about wrestling. Uh, in 1 Timothy, he talks about fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, so Paul, the athlete, uh, focused on one thing, winning the prize. Um, and that's something I think we all should focus on is, is winning the prize, whether the prize is the knowledge of Christ, which we all really should obtain, uh, or it might be finishing the course that God has set for us. And God sets different courses for us throughout our life. Uh, and that we need to finish this course or finish this course before we can go on to the next course as well. But if we never finish the course that we're on, God may not bring the next course into our life. Uh, so it's important for us to finish what God has given to us as well. Uh, we have the responsibility of not just running, uh, but achieving the goal that God has set for each one of us. Um, each believer, you think about just a, a, a race track, uh, that each believer is on the track. Okay? Every one of us is on a track. There'd be a very big, crowded track, but all of us are on the track. Uh, each one has your own lane uh, to run in. Uh, each one has a goal to achieve. Uh, if we reach that goal, we receive the reward. Uh, if we fail, we lose the reward, but fortunately, we don't lose our citizenship. Uh, we don't lose our salvation. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 uh, Paul says, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, uh, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So it's important that we run the race. It's important that we, we take the time to see where God is leading us, where he's pointing for us to go. Where is the finish line for you? Uh, so that we can strive to do what God would have us to do. One thing that's important, too, is that we're not competing with one another. Um, in a race, typically, you're competing with those that are around you, but we're not competing with one another. Uh, we're not trying to outdo one another. You know, God may put somebody on a race that's different than yours, and, and maybe you like their race better than yours. Um, that's not what we should be doing. Uh, God has given us specifically a race for us to run. Uh, we're running a team, uh, and we have to focus on the race that God has given us, but we also have to focus on those around how we can be an encouragement, how we can help others around us uh, to also succeed as well. So as we go through this passage, I want you to, to think in your mind, uh, what is your goal? What is your finish line? Uh, what, has God, uh, on, what track are you on right now uh, that God wants you to finish? Uh, your goal might be to, to be exactly like Paul, that, that I want to know Christ better. I want to experience uh, what he experienced. 
Uh, maybe your goal is to, to plan a church uh, now or maybe in the future, and you're working towards that. Your goal might be uh, to finish your courses here at West Coast Baptist College and make it on to uh, Senior Chapel, and that's a good goal to have. Uh, maybe you want to finish your one-year Bible uh, and see what God has for you to do after that. Uh, maybe you're just trying to pass the class that you're in. Um, <clears throat> maybe there's a, a besetting sin that you're just trying to overcome. Uh, what is the race that God has for you? And remember that there's a reward afterwards. Now, the reward isn't necessarily an earthly reward, but, but we're storing up treasures in heaven, aren't we? Um, and I'm much more willing to have a treasure in heaven because uh, anything that's on this earth, uh, rusts and rots and decays and thieves come and steal. Uh, but we store up our treasure in heaven. Uh, and we need to remember that and keep in mind uh, the prize that's before us. Uh, we all want to be winning Christians. Anybody here want to be an unwitting Christian? You don't want to be a failure. You want to succeed in what you're doing. So what are the essentials for winning? How is it that I can receive the reward for uh, the course that God has set for me? How do I compete and win? Well, I think what we see in this, this passage in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, we have four essentials to finishing the race that God has given you. Four essentials to finishing the race that God has given you. Um, and uh, again, whatever the race is, and, and uh, one race that you're on is trying to finish uh, your schooling here. Uh, and, and that's one of them that you have to look at, but there's sometimes other goals that we have, other races that we have to look at. So as Paul begins, he says in verse 12, he says, not as though I had already obtained or either were already made perfect. Uh, point number one, I think we have to have, if we're going to finish the race and, and, and finish the goal that God has set for us, that we have to have a foreseen dissatisfaction, a foreseen dissatisfaction. That where you are right now is not where you want to be. You, you want to press on. You want to keep going. Uh, that you just don't want to be a student all your life, okay? Um, you want to move on. Uh, you don't want to have to live in the dorms for the rest of your life. You want to move on from that. You want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to uh, have a, a ministry outside of school. Uh, and so there's a, a dissatisfaction we have that, that Paul says here that not as though I had already attained. His goal is to win Christ. His goal is to, to know more about Christ, to experience all that Christ is. And, and he knows that he hasn't achieved that yet. And I think it's, it's important for us to realize that if we're trying to achieve a goal that God has for us, there has to be a dissatisfaction with our current situation, uh, that we want to go further. We want to do more for God. We don't want to just simply stay where we're at. Uh, there's much more that God has for us. And a foreseen dissatisfaction is really essential to running the Christian race. Um, Paul's conversion brought about a, a new assessment of his goals. You know, he had did all those things before uh, on a, a fleshly standpoint of trying to win salvation. Um, and he gave himself overwhelmingly to the desires uh, to know Christ and know him more fully. Uh, Paul recognized he had not yet received he had more learning to do, and he was not satisfied where he is at that point. Um, look at verse 10. It says, that I might know him. You know, so again, it's, it's future that he's looking towards, he's striving towards the goal. That I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. What Christ is, that's what the Apostle Paul wanted to be. Um, let me be like him. And I think that's our goal. Uh, Christ is our example. We want to follow after his example. We want the power that, that Christ had in our life to do the things that God wants us to do. Aren't you glad 
uh, that we serve an infinite God. Uh, we have a God that, that we can't fully grasp. We, we'll never get to the point of really knowing everything about God because uh, we have a finite mind, uh, and, and God is such an infinite being. But I think the, the more we know about God, the more we learn about who God is, what He has done for us, the more that we recognize the love, the tremendous love and mercy and grace that we have from God, uh, to know Him more is to love Him more. And, and I think that's one thing that we recognize is as we're going through this, this race of life, uh, the track that God has us on, uh, we're going to learn more about God by doing that, by doing the things that He wants us to do. Uh, sometimes He has us go into valleys. Sometimes the valleys are deep. Uh, sometimes the mountains are very steep, um, but we can go through it with God's help. Uh, Paul admitted then that um, he would say that he has not arrived. And so let me just ask you a couple questions. Are you content with your devotional life with God? Are you spending enough time in it? Um, and I think if you say that, that I'm content with it, there's something wrong, because we all should be striving for more. Um, are you content with your prayer time with the Lord? Um, or do we desire more, but, but we're trying to find the time to do that? Um, are you content with just being here for one-year Bible? And, and God has uh, some of you here just for the one-year Bible. But God also has some of you here, maybe starting in the one-year Bible, but He's got other things, other tracks He wants you to run. Um, and you need to finish that first before you can go on to the other things that God has for you. Are you doing all that God wants you to do? Are you satisfied? And I think uh, most of us would say, no, we're not satisfied. No, there's much more that I could be doing for God. And so uh, I think that understanding of that, that dissatisfaction with our situation will help us to strive for better, strive for what God would have us do. And, and really, it starts with a self-evaluation. I have to look at myself and, and really see myself through God's eyes. How am I doing? Am I doing what I should do? And, and sometimes what happens is we might compare ourselves to somebody else who who may not be doing as much as we are, and we say, boy, I'm doing pretty good. But is that how God wants me to view my life, myself? Uh, or do I need to strive for more? And sometimes when we do a self-evaluation, there's, there's two errors that we might have. Uh, we might err by making ourselves better than we actually are. And again, looking at somebody who uh, is not achieving as much as you are or not striving as much as you are, it makes you feel good about yourself. But then you find those that, that have striv, stroven, striv, stroven, <clears throat> have strived, I think that's the one, have, have strived to do uh, all that they can for God, <clears throat> like the Apostle Paul. So when we compare ourselves to Paul's life, how do you measure up? When you compare yourself to the life of Jesus Christ, how do you measure up? Remember, Jesus needed some time to pray to the Father. He was God, <laughs> yet he still needed time with the Father. Um, so sometimes we make ourselves better than we are. Sometimes we make ourselves worse than we are. Uh, sometimes we don't see the things that God has done, uh, how he has grown us, the place where we've come from. And, and so we need to be very careful with it. But um, sometimes we need to look to see what God wants us to do. We need to ask him. Uh, when you pray, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, how is my prayer life? How is my devotional life? Um, how is my relationship with other people? How is my progress with, in my schoolwork? Uh, is it, what it where it should be? Uh, so sometimes you need to ask God, sometimes you need to ask other mature believers, sometimes you need to pray uh, and seek out God's will and direction. Uh, so the foreseen dissatisfaction of Paul moved him to action. And so when we see that there's something lacking in my life, something that's not where it should be, 
Uh, it should motivate us, should move. I, I want to go there. I, I want to be better at what I'm doing than I'm currently doing right now. Uh, the true mature Christian, a spiritual Christian, um, will always strive to do better. Uh, look at the, the rest of verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3. So not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect. But he says, uh, but I follow after. I follow after. Uh, Paul had no illusions about himself. He, he didn't think that he had arrived at all. Uh, but he still had much more to do. He had to, to follow after. Now, the term follow after is a, a term, it's the, the Greek word uh, dioko, uh, which typically we learn as pursue um, or to persecute. But the, the word, if we just kind of open up the, the meaning of the word, it means to move rapidly and decisively. So Paul says, I want to move rapidly and decisively. I, I know I haven't arrived, but I move rapidly, I move decisively towards the objective. It means to hasten, to run, uh, to press on. Um, and it's a lot of times used of an, a person chasing an animal uh, as a prey, uh, that you're pursuing the animal. Um, and it's also what's interesting is used in verse 6, uh, is translated the word persecuting. So as much zeal as the Apostle Paul had as he was persecuting the church of Jesus Christ, he now follows after, he now pursues, he now tries to achieve the goal that God has set for him as well. Uh, I think Psalm 42, verse uh, 1 and 2, uh, really kind of gives us a, the picture of this. It says, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, uh, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Uh, does your heart long for God? Long for more of God? Are you panting after it? Um, do you have a thirst uh, for God? Uh, do you desire God in, to know him better, uh, to know his will for your life, uh, to finish the course that you're on? Uh, when I was in college, I went through four years, and I kind of said the same thing. I have not arrived. Uh, there's more to learn. So I uh, enrolled for four more years of school. Actually, I crammed four years of seminary into five years. Um, I don't know how you do that, but you did, I did it. <clears throat> and I just wanted to know more about God. I wanted to know more about His Word. Uh, and we have to understand that sometimes we have to have that dissatisfaction. God has to bring that dissatisfaction in our life to, to help us to strive for something better. Uh, you just think about Joshua. He was not satisfied with just crossing over the Jordan River and just conquering Jericho. He said, okay, we conquered Jericho. Let's go live here. Let's, let's end it. No. He wanted to keep going. He wanted to, to conquer the promised land that God had given to him. Uh, think of Caleb, 85 years old. Give me this mountain. All right? Um, if he had the desire, he, he had the desire for more than what his situation was right now. He wanted more. Uh, think about Nehemiah. He wasn't satisfied thinking about the city of Jerusalem and the wall around it were laying in ruins. Uh, look at Ezra. I wasn't satisfied with the temple of God uh, as a pile of rocks. Uh, and so the idea, he says, that I follow after. I follow after. So I'm, I'm dissatisfied with the, the current situation. And that drives me to follow after what God has for me. Now, uh, the word follow after, the, the phrase follow after, uh, comes from the Greek term kata lambano. We already talked about lambano is I, I take or I receive. 
But this is even taking it one step further uh, that I lay hold of, I, I seize. So rather than just simply receiving something, it's just grabbing it and, and pulling it towards you. So Paul says, I follow after. I'm pursuing something. I'm laying hold of. I want to seize that. I, I want to know Christ. And I want to know him better than I do now. I want to experience what Christ is. I want to experience what Christ has for me in my life. Um, and, and this word is also used with regard to sporting events. Um, it has the idea of a, an eager and strenuous exertion of energy. Um, Psalm 63 verse 1 says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no, where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory. So I've, I've seen thee in the sanctuary. Because the loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Do you have a longing after what God would have you to do, what your goal is uh, like that as well? Um, speaking about being thirsty, I'm thirsty, so sorry. Don't have enough to go around for everybody, so you'll just have to wait. So Paul clearly understands uh, that he has a continuing responsibility to pursue the purpose that God has. So <clears throat> as you're here in Bible college, you need to continuously look and see that, that my goal is to finish. My goal is to graduate. My goal is to get into that senior chapel and find all the excitement that's there. Uh, learn about placement into ministry. Learn about uh, the uh, dinners that you're going to have with pastor and uh, other things that will take place. So a foreseen satisfaction in the Apostle Paul uh, leads into a focused devotion, a focused devotion. If you look at the last part of verse 13, Paul doesn't say, all these things I do. He says, this one thing I do. He has a focused devotion. Uh, Jesus said to the rich young man, the uh, rich young ruler, uh, one thing thou lackest. Uh, Martha, as busy as she was, Jesus said to her, one thing is needful. Uh, the man who had received his sight said, one thing I know. And he knew that Jesus was the one who healed him. Uh, and uh, the psalmist testifies uh, that one thing I have desired of, of the Lord to seek him as well. Uh, one thing, therefore, was the consuming passion of the Apostle Paul's life. Uh, it was all he could think about, knowing Christ, uh, achieving the goal that God had for him as well. And he had a focus uh, on one task that was assigned to him. Now, we, we do have sometimes multiple tasks, but what is it that God's having us to do? Uh, sometimes we get too busy with too many things, and we neglect the things of God. Um, we get distracted by those around us. Uh, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.4, No man that worth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So if you're going to be a soldier, you're not going to get entangled with the things around you. You're going to focus on being a soldier. Uh, if you're a West Coast Baptist college student, your focus here is to finish your studies. And I know sometimes we get distracted because you have to work. Uh, you have ministries, you want to have relationships with different people. Uh, and, and we have to make sure that we're focused on the things that God wants us to be focused on. Um, you're preparing uh, for a time to serve the Lord. Um, and we want to make sure that we're uh, focused on what's important to God. 
Uh, the disciples, you think of them, they were dis- they're focused on the kingdom of God. Remember they argued, you know, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God? And, and even as Christ was crucified, he was, he was placed in the tomb, and on the third day he rose from the dead. Uh, as he was ascending up to heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the disciples say, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Uh, their focus was on the kingdom. Uh, they weren't looking at what God was doing right now. The kingdom was future. Uh, it had been rejected. Uh, what was now is that God was using these individuals to take the mess of the gospel uh, and transform the world. But they were stuck on just listing, looking at the kingdom. When's the kingdom going to come? Uh, are you focused on the right things? Uh, are you focused on the right goal? Um, sometimes we get sidetracked. If a runner is not focused on the, the end, the, the, uh, the finish line, but gets distracted. You know, a lot of times when you have a sporting event, parents are in the stands, they weigh, they try to yell at the, their son or daughter who might be in the games. That runner can't look at that. They have to stay focused on the task at hand. And that's what we need to do is be focused. Um, this one thing I do. Uh, what does God want me to do right now? What should my focus be? Is it in the right place? Um, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so, doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, patience the race set before us. If there's things that are distracting you, get rid of them. Uh, don't let those things affect you in the race that God has you running. Um, no athlete can do everything. Uh, if an athlete, let's say an Olympic athlete, they're not going to go and they're not going to do the 100-yard dash and the cross country and the relay races and everything. They might have one or, or maybe two races that they focus on. Um, we can't do everything. Um, we have to really specialize in what God wants for us as well. Uh, I know you may want to do a lot more, uh, but it's making sure that that's what God would have you to do. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we can't be distracted. We can't be straddling the fence. We can't sometimes be focusing on God and then sometimes focusing on other things other than God. Uh, our focus needs to be on God. Uh, God will help us with those other things, uh, with relationships, uh, with family, uh, and help us as we focus. But if we have the right focus, God's going to make everything in line to help us. Um, if an athlete is in a 100-yard sprint, uh, he needs to focus on that. He needs to keep his eye on that finish line of what he's going to do. Uh, keep focused. Uh, don't look back. Don't let things distract you from the purpose that God has. And we also need to focus on the outcome. Uh, focus on the outcome um, and not on the obstacles. Sometimes we're, we're more focused on the obstacles. Oh, I've got this paper to do. Uh, Brother Hauk, he just gives me all this work. I don't know how I'm going to do it all. Um, you know, we look at these obstacles, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this semester. I've got this paper, and I've got this reading, I've got this and that. You're focusing on the obstacles. Uh, you're not focused on the goal of finishing. God's going to help you to finish. You know, that's the idea of living by faith, uh, that if God has brought you here, he will enable you to, to make the finish line. Um, you have to just focus on uh, the finish and know that God's going to work it together. Um, Israel focused on the obstacles. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. And they told him and said, 
we came unto the land whither thou showest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. There's giants in the land. Why are you making us go into land that has giants? They forgot the God who told them uh, that land is theirs. They just need to take possession of that as well. So the, the foreseen dissatisfaction, when we realize that, that my situation is where, not where I want to stop. I want to be better. I want to have a, a greater prayer life. I want to have a greater devotional life. I, I want to finish my course here at West Coast. I want to be all that God would have me to be. Uh, leads to a focused devotion. This one thing I do. And that leads thirdly to a forsaken direction. A forsaken direction. Paul says in verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind you. Forgetting those things which are behind. Uh, the Christian running the race must not look to the past. You know, just think about Paul. If, if he focused on, oh, look at all the time I spent to, to be a Pharisee and, and to do this and to do that. And all the time I, I spent pursuing Christians and now it's all of a waste. <clears throat> he wouldn't have been, made any progress forward. Jesus says, uh, the man, um, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, it's a forsaken direction. Uh, a runner cannot look back and keep running. It's going to put him off course. You know, if you're running, you're not going to look and see who's behind you. Because as soon as I look behind me, what happens? I, I change my direction. And I go in the wrong direction. I, I can't look behind me. I've got to keep looking ahead. Uh, don't think about what you're leaving behind. Uh, I know sometimes what happens is you, you come to school and think, I'm leaving all my family behind. I'm leaving all my friends behind. And what happens, people focus on that rather than on the goal, distracts them, and they end up quitting. Um, don't think about what you're leaving behind, but concentrate on what God has ahead for you. Uh, the first church I pastored uh, was full of people that kept on looking behind. Uh, the church at one time, it was started in uh, 1864. Um, and in 1881, they built a thousand-seat auditorium. It's a tremendous, tremendous church, tremendous building, pipe organs, uh, stained glass windows. It was gorgeous. Uh, when I came to the church, the pastor, it's down to 40 people. And they kind of gave up. And what they were holding to was the past. Well, remember when Pastor so-and-so was here and what we did? Remember when Pastor so-and-so was here and all the things we did with him? I was trying to get them to look forward and say, come on, let's go forward. Let's, let's look ahead. There's, there's fields that are white unto harvest. But they kept on looking backwards. Um, and they would not go forward. And today, uh, unfortunately, the church has uh, been turned into condominiums. You know, and I, I heard that, saw that, and it just broke my heart. Because it could have been something that, that God could use it as a lighthouse. Uh, but they were unwilling to change. They kept on looking backwards. Now, when we look at Scripture, and Scripture says to forget, it doesn't mean to fail to remember. Um, so Paul says here, forgetting those things are behind. You're going to remember your family. You're going to remember your friends. You're going to remember th some things from your past. You know, it's hard to erase bad memories. Uh, I, I, wish, I wish I could hook myself up to a machine and just erase all those bad memories. It just doesn't work. What we mean by forgetting is not being influenced by those things from the past. Don't let those things from the past hold us back. Sometimes they chain us down, don't they? Sometimes we have regrets. What I did 
And sometimes Satan tries to use those against us, saying, look at how bad you were in the past. How can God ever do anything good with you right now? <clears throat> Don't believe it. Don't let the past affect you in your progress toward the future. Um, Israel was in the wilderness, and it was hard, difficult for them. They sent spies into the promised land, and then they wanted to go back. They said, were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Uh, they kept on looking back rather than looking forward. And yes, the road was difficult. Uh, they were in a, a, a desert area, uh, and they had to depend upon God for food. But looking back to Egypt, what did they forget? They were slaves. Uh, they're free now, uh, and they couldn't see that. Um, Satan will tempt us with our past and try to get us to return to our old, old ways. Paul says, forgetting those things are behind. Uh, whether you've had some achievements from the past, whether you've had some regrets from the past, uh, whatever it might be in your past, don't let your past chain you to what God's going to do for you in the future. There were a few things that Paul's past could have weighted him down, uh, could have held him back. Um, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, For I am the least of the apostles. I don't think there's a false humility on the Apostle Paul. I think he was realistically looking at that. I'm the least of the apostles. Hey, I, I didn't walk with Jesus like the other apostles did. Um, I saw him on the road to Damascus, but I, I, I did things that I regret. So it says, I'm the least of the apostles. I am not me to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored all the more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. By God's grace, we can run the race. By God's grace, we can forget the past. Uh, don't let the, the past hold you back. Keep looking forward. Uh, don't get distracted by the, the stresses that are in the past. Don't get distracted by uh, those things in the past. And we can break the power of the past by living in the future, uh, striving for what's ahead. What things are keeping you from finishing the race? What things are keeping you from doing all the things that God would have you? Uh, maybe it's family, loved ones. Uh, maybe you're going through a difficult time uh, and you want to go back to your family and friends through this time. And if God is directly leading you to do that, I'm not going to say to not do it, but make sure God is really the one who's directing and not just your emotions, your feelings. Um, maybe you're looking at going back because of the freedoms that you had at home. You weren't under uh, the bondage of the, the law of West Coast Baptist College laws. Uh, do your failures from your past haunt the present? Put them past. Put them out of your mind. You're, you're not always going to forget them, but don't let them affect you in the future. Don't let them affect what you're going to be doing for God. Uh, keep no remembrance of the past. Uh, but ask God to help you. So we've seen the uh, forsaking dissatisfaction, or I'm sorry, foreseen dissatisfaction, uh, a focused devotion, uh, a forsaken direction, and finally, uh, a forceful determination, a forceful determination. If you want to achieve the goals that God has for you, you need to have a forceful determination. Now look at what Paul says in the end of verse 13. It says, reaching forth unto those things which are before 
reaching forth unto those things. So forgetting those things that are behind and, and reaching forth to those things that are before. Uh, the, the Greek term there is um, epikatenomai, epikatenomai. Uh, which, uh, again, is a term that can be used in a, a race. It's the idea of exerting oneself to the uttermost, giving it all you have, stretching yourself, straining as much as you can toward the goal that God has you. It's like a runner in a race. The, probably the, the time that runner is going to exert the most energy is at the very last of that race. Now, I know I don't look much like a runner now, but in my college days, I ran all the time. Uh, I see some of you are laughing. Dr. Warren, I don't like that laughter right there. <laughs> but, but I ran all the time. In fact, I, I was part of a, a physical education class that the requirement was um, every night of the week, uh, weekday, I had to run two miles uh, every night, which I got used to running, and, and I enjoyed it. Now, it, it wasn't always just because of the running. We, we did... Um, my friends uh, met uh, a group of ladies that ran from our class, too, so that had a little pull to, to wanting to run, but that's beside the point. But I look forward to running each night. I look forward to doing it. It was uh, a fun to me. It was, uh, it was a very um, time of just r relaxing, getting rid of a lot of stress from the day. Uh, for that PE class, the final exam was that we had to run uh, one and a half miles and, and be timed. The time on that race was our grade. Uh, so I thought, well, I've been doing two miles a night. I, I should be okay. I, I should be able to do this. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll probably make it pass. I'll probably finish at least. But I wasn't sure what I would get as a grade, where I would come and what I, where I would place with that. So <clears throat> I remember the day. We, we started off running. And I was running, and uh, just I was surprised at how good I was doing. Uh, I started to pass a lot of people that were in my class. I said, Wow. Uh, I'm pretty good, um, and I kept on going, and I got to the point where I, I could just slow down a little bit. I felt like I was resting. I thought, oh, I, I could do this all day. It, it was wonderful. <clears throat> then as I was going along, I, I saw ahead of me uh, the center from the basketball team. I thought, hmm, I, I'm catching up to him. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to set my goal of, of beating him. You know, if I never do anything else spectacular in my college time, I'm going to beat the center for the basketball team, okay? I had low expectations, I guess. <clears throat> so I was running and running and running, and uh, at the last uh, part of the run, uh, I was there, and I thought, I'm going to just give it all I can. I'm going to strive. I just, I just gave it all I could. I, I just ran as much as I could, and I was passing him, and I beat him. We got to the, the finish line. I was ahead. And so after the race, he, he congratulated me. He said, good race. And you know, if I could get my breath, I guess, uh, good race too, trying to hide the fact that I was out of breath. Uh, but, but that time, it just tells me that, that I, I did the best I could. I, I did with everything I had. I gave it all I had to win that race. Now, I get nothing from that race. I can tell a story like this. There's no reward. Uh, the race that we're running, we get the rewards in heaven. Uh, so it's much more worthwhile for us to take the time to run the race are you giving God your best effort? Are you giving him your all? Um, are you reaching forth with the goals that he has with your uttermost, with every bit of strength that you have, realizing that it's not just your strength, but it's the strength that God gives to us? So uh, forgetting those things are behind. Reaching forth, striving, doing everything I can to push myself as hard as I can to finish the goals that God has for me.
Paul then says, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. Uh, the word is dioko. We've seen that before uh, in chapter 12. We've seen that in, I'm sorry, verse 12, verse 16, uh, where he says, I follow after in verse uh, 12. Saw, says, I was pursuing in verse 6. Uh, and it's an intensive endeavor. It's an intensive endeavor uh, to follow after, to move rapidly towards an objective, uh, to press on. Uh, again, the images of a hunter hunting its prey. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says, a man does not become a winning athlete by just listening to lectures, watching movies, reading books, or cheering at the game. He becomes a winning athlete by getting into the game and determining to win. If you want to be successful, if you want to finish the race uh, of West Coast Baptist College or whatever race God has for you, uh, you need to determine to win. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful if Christians put as much determination in their spiritual life as they did with texting, Snapchat, video games? Next time you feel like talking or texting a friend of yours, ask yourself, how much time have I spent talking with God compared with the time I spend talking with my friends? Um, and it's the idea that we need to make sure that we're striving for the best. Uh, I need to connect myself with God. And, and sometimes there's two extremes. There's an extreme saying that, that I must do it all. And that's not the message I'm trying to bring about here. Uh, that it's not our effort alone that will allow us to achieve the goal. The other excuse or the other extreme is that we believe that God's going to do it all. I just sit back and let God do the work. Uh, both those extremes are wrong. Um, one phrase that I remember growing up was, let go and let God. So sit back and let God work. It doesn't work. Yeah, you can say, well, I'm going to be praying about my classes. I'm going to be praying for this test, but never study. And do you think you're going to pass that test? Probably not. Uh, there's a, a cooperation between our effort and God's effort to accomplish the goal. Uh, the Christian runner with a spiritual mind re, uh, realizes that God must work if he's going to win the race. So I, I've got to do all I can, knowing that God will do all he can to help me with this. Um, just a, one chapter over, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? There's a, a, a human effort. I've got to do my part. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. trembling. Look at the next verse. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, so I've got to work out my own salvation, but it's God that's working with me. He's working in me. He's working through me. And so it's important for us to recognize that, that yes, I need to strive with all the strength that God has given me, but, but I'm not alone. God's there to help me. He's going to help me achieve the goals. But I've got to keep my eye on the goal, but I have to remember that He is there with me. It's His power, His strength that will help me through. Uh, Jesus, as He's talking with His disciples, just before He's going to the cross in John 15, verse 5, He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You finish the course. Without me, you can do nothing. Uh, so we always have to remember to, to stay close to the vine. Uh, and, and how do we do that? Uh, we do that by prayer, communicating with God, uh, by our Bible study, our devotional time where we're, we're reading 
by being obedient to what God has for us, we stay connected to the vine. Uh, Warren Worsby says that God works in us that he might work through us. God works in us that he might also work through us. Uh, if you're too busy to pray and spend time in the Word, you're depending too much on yourself. Uh, if you spend all your time in prayer and the Word, then you're leaving all the work up to God. Uh, neither one is right. We have to have a proper balance. It's an important thing to, to reach the goal that God has established for us. And the, the goal is different. Uh, you can't compare your race to somebody else. God has different things. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, um, the Apostle Paul, writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, you're not running in vain what you're doing here. You're not wasting your time here at West Coast Baptist College. Uh, you're not running a race that has no reward. You have great rewards because of this. And as Paul concludes in verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, there are heavenly rewards that are waiting us in, in heaven when we get there. Uh, Paul says to young Timothy, he says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day, and not only to me, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Uh, there is a reward waiting for us, and we know that God has it in store. So how do you get from soon-to-be graduate chapel into senior chapel? <clears throat> you need to have a foreseen dissatisfaction with the way things are. I, I'm not going to just give up. I, I want to continue. You're going to have a focused devotion. You're not going to let other things distract you, but you're going to strive for the prize. You have to have a, a forsaken direction, not looking back, uh, but looking ahead. And you have to have a forceful determination, giving it all you can, uh, knowing that God is going to do all he can to help you through that. So how can you be successful to, to know Christ better, uh, to plant a church, uh, to finish here at West Coast, finish your one-year Bible degree, uh, pass a class, uh, uh, gain victory over that besetting sin? Uh, I believe that's the way that God has given it to us to, to do, uh, that we can be successful with God. So the question I'll leave with you is, how is your race going? Have you stalled? Have you fallen behind? Have you even started? In Jesus' name we press on. Um, the words of that song, when the valley is deep, when the mountain is steep, when the body is weary, when we stumble and fall. <laughs> it doesn't matter the obstacle, we press on. When the choices are hard, when we're batter, battered and scarred, when we spend all our resources when we've given it our all. In Jesus' name we press on. In Jesus' name we press on. Dear Lord, with a prize clear before our eyes, we find the strength to press on.